Hi, welcome to Holy Ghost. Ooh, we are back in session. Oh my gosh, sorry it took so long for the last episode to come out. Um, I had editing troubles. Tell us about it, Molly. It is like the audio got all scrambled and it didn't make any sense. And then I'm basically an audio engineer now because I had to like download an audio program. She's adding it to the resume. And yeah, like I think I have a degree in audio engineering now. So yeah. that's cool. That's all you need to do to get yeah. then. Yeah, just edit a podcast once or twice. Perfect. Because you're really good at editing. You help me a lot, so that's nice. Oh, that was definite <laughs> shade being thrown my way. But yeah, how are you, Brienne? How are I'm you? I'm doing good. I have my last day of classes. That's exciting. Tuesday. You got a job. I did. I got a Full-time job. Full-time job. I did. So. Disgusting. Working nine to five is the worst thing that has ever happened to me, but I'm really happy for you. Yep. <laughs> I'm definitely going to want to come back to me when I start and I'll be a lot less excited than I am right now. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it's been a good week um, and I finally finished my notes. So here we are. And I mean, you were taking finals for like your master's degree. So I feel like you had an excuse. Thank you for. Yeah. Allowing me that. And it worked out because it took me so fucking long to edit the last episode. It did. It really was perfect. I edited it like three times all the way through. And then I would, it would just like scramble up like when I listened to it. Um, But yeah. Yeah. What are you drinking today? I'm drinking a tequila beverage by Two Chicks. It's a sparkling Paloma, whatever that means. But um, I don't even know where this came from. I think somebody left it in our fridge. Oh, yeah. I think one of their moms. Yeah. So yeah. thank you to our roommate's mom Shout out. for leaving me tequila to drink exactly 20 minutes after I got out of work. 30 minutes. 40 minutes? No, like 52 minutes. 52 Give minutes your, after yeah. I got out of work. Give yourself a little, a little break. Yeah. So, Brianne's going to tell me a story today. It's going to be great. Will a pope get murdered? Maybe again? Question mark? No, not quite. Um, I'm drinking a strawberry tab, by the way. Not oh, that you care to ask. I <laughs> forgot to ask. It's very good. That's... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm really self-absorbed today, Brianne. Leave me alone. All right. So today, um, I'm actually going to be talking about something that I had zero knowledge of before I discovered it on a BuzzFeed news channel outlet type thing. BuzzFeed Unsolved? No. no. I wish. Um, So yeah, I found this article. It was like 50 pages. So I kind of had to break it down and concise it into a podcast link that was acceptable um disgusting yeah so i'm gonna be talking about saint saint joseph's catholic orphanage i have never heard of that and i know nothing good so we were both in the same stage what (laughs) (laughs) did you drink without me no i haven't even (laughs) drank in Drunk? Dr- oh my god, are you drunk right now? I'm not. I had one yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> We're bringing it back. We're wrapping it up. Okay. So we're going to be talking about St. Joseph's Catholic Orphanage, which was operated by the Sisters of Providence from 1854 to 1974. So a really long time frame. And most of that time on North Avenue in Burlington. Burlington, Vermont? Yes. Very good. You know your state. I went there once. No way. Yeah. I didn't see the orphanage, but... I was probably burned down by that. Oh, spoiler alert. Well, I don't think it burns down, but it's no longer there. Demolished. Demolished, whatever. Yep. So more than 100 former St. Joseph's children who lived in the orphanage say that they were physically, sexually and emotionally abused by nuns, priests, or lay staff workers in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. 24 former residents have sued the Roman Catholic Diocese of Burlington, the Sisters of Providence, and other organizations. Lawyers for five of them filed depositions to support their case 
in U.S. District Court in Brattleboro. I went there once. You went. I just went all over Vermont. Oh, I wish uh, you would have known the Mary story lived. Before. Oh, my sister lived in New Hampshire. So. She did. Yeah, she, she went to. <laughs> she went to school there. I hadn't. I yeah, did not know that. So shout out Vermont. Yeah. Huh, good to know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the diocese has spent more than $300,000 to settle the claims of 60 orphans. Its lawyers have asked the court to throw out the lawsuits. So Wait, wait. So they filed and then the, what grounds to throw them out? Like on what basis? So I'll go into it more, but basically like the church just want, like they're just trying to give hush money. Hmm. Oh, so they don't want to like, yeah, we've always been here. So they don't want it to like get out that much. Um, Because like I had no idea of the story at all until like I looked into it. Um, I think the diocese in our hometown is doing the same thing. They're offering settlements of money in order for people to not. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, most of the people I think are dead. That would be like the perpetrators. Any So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what justice looks like when the person who did the bad thing has already died. Right, and can't account for anything. Yeah. Pretty disgusting. Um, So in August 2018, a lengthy article in BuzzFeed News described abuse and murder allegations by former residents of the St. Joseph Orphanage. The orphanage was in operation from 1854 to 1974 on North Avenue in Burlington, Vermont. The Roman Catholic Diocese of Burlington, the Sisters of Province, and Vermont Catholic Charities all played some role in its operation at one point or another. In response to the article, investigative partners, including the Attorney's General Office, Office of the Mayor of Burlington, Chetenden, I feel like you maybe have been there. I have not been there. Okay. <laughs> I've only been to two places right. in Vermont, and you've said both of them. Um, so Chetton, maybe County State's Attorney's Office, Vermont State Police, and the Burlington Police Department formed the St. Joseph Orphanage Task Force, or so that it's called. Um, so over the past two years, the task force interviewed individuals who came forward with allegations related to the orphanage. As part of its investigation, the task force also gathered and reviewed documents and other potentially cooperating materials and visited the sites of the orphanage to determine whether there was evidence of crimes. Spoiler alert, there was plenty. So for the first time, nuns and priests have confirmed some children at the now-closed St. Joseph's Orphanage in Burlington were sexually and physically abused. Oh, so they admitted it. Yes. Well, if they knew, why didn't they do anything? Good question. That's never answered, but that's a very good question. Because I guess this didn't happen super long ago. Like, Well, there's like a the, huge range. Because yeah. like it started in like, um, well, the place has been open since the 1800s. Well, it may have been like happening started, prior, but there just might be no record. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's a really long time ago. Um, but the first like account has been in the 1940s of someone who's been able to say, should I pour this vodka into my tequila? Yes. Yeah, that's been out here for a while. Yeah. We just have a table that's just full of, like, bottles of liquor. Sorry for interrupting. No, it's it's where Brienne had to do all of her Zoom classes, so she just looked like she was... An alcoholic? An alcoholic. Yeah, it's it pretty bad. And there was a mirror behind me, so they definitely saw the extent of the messiness in here as well. Um... So, yes, the priests and nuns that um, admitted that there was abuse, uh, their acknowledgments were made in sworn depositions and involved, they say they like involved isolated incidents, Mm. which is much less sweeping than the allegations of systemic abuse made by dozens of former residents of the home. Because, like, I, it's literally an orphanage. Like, they obviously lived there. I'm sure it didn't just happen to someone, like, one time. Exactly. It never happened again. Right. It wasn't just a one-off and, like, oh. Probably throughout their entire childhood. Yeah. So, nonetheless, the statements by four nuns and two priests who worked at the orphanage weakened claims by the Roman Catholic Diocese of Burlington that abuse charges cannot be corroborated. Mm -hmm. Am I saying that word right? Robert, 
corroborated? Yeah, I feel like I am. Sure. I'm I'm not sure actually. I feel like I've heard that before. Corroborated. Corroborate. Yeah, but like that's how you spell <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I trust you. So more than 100 former St. Joseph residents have charged in recent years that they and others were being and molested, tormented, and humiliated. 24 have suits pending against the diocese and related organizations. Like still today, they're pending? So I think as of now, they're probably closed because this was back in like 2018. I guess Um, sometimes these cases can take many years to, to like come to a solution yeah and usually unfortunately it doesn't always come to the best solution so monsignor edward foster worked at the orphanage as a seminarian in the late 1940s the now retired priest recalled a young boy by the name of roger barber who was brought to him by two nuns in 1947 or 1948 the years are like cloudy he doesn't really remember Um, But he does remember that the boy's buttocks had been burned so badly by an orphanage janitor that he could not sit down. The fuck? Wait, a janitor? Yeah. Like, were they allowed to... That's crazy. Yeah, so the Monsignor was really taken aback because of this kid's injuries. And um, so he asked the kid, like, what had happened, and... The kid said that he burned me and he burned me with a light bulb. The fuck? So Foster said the now deceased janitor by the name of Fred Adams was fired immediately. But that's, again, just from his... Or is he just shifting blame to someone who didn't work there as long, you know? Exactly. So you can't really really tell with that. Um, lawyers for the nuns and the diocese did not respond to requests for comment about the depositions or allegations at any point of the trial. The seven priests and nuns were among a number of church people and lay staff members who were questioned in depositions by lawyers for the former church matters. And if any abuse did occur, it was not in the line of a nun's or priest's work, and therefore the church is not responsible for it. Didn't they fucking run the institution? So basically the church was just like, oh, if it's true and, like, this, like, priest or nun did do these things, like, it's not on us because that's not what they're supposed to do as nuns and priests. Like, how are we supposed like you to? you literally run. So should you, you hire these people as well. Yeah. What the yeah, so they basically said, well, it's not our responsibility that they didn't do what they were supposed to. Um, so lawyers for the former residents are attempting to demonstrate that the claims made are supported by other witnesses and that the priests or nuns knew exactly what was going on and that they knew and were a part of the abuse. So in one deposition, the former director of Vermont Catholic Charities confirms he was told about a volunteer worker who had engaged in sexual activity with some older boys at the orphanage in 1967. I like how he's saying older. They were probably like 13. Right, exactly. They were yeah, probably older. 18. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is what he said. Get this. We just led him. We told him <laughs> not to come around anymore, but that's all. He said, we didn't go any farther than that. What? Yeah. Imagine if that's how all crimes were. He's like, don't come around here no more. Don't do that again. But they didn't go to authorities. They didn't didn't do anything about it. Uh, They were just like, don't come back. Jesus Christ. Yep. So these filings are the latest development in an ongoing, ongoing scrutiny of life at the orphanage since former resident... Joseph Barquin sued the diocese back in 1993, alleging he had been abused while a toddler at the orphanage in 1951. Barquin accepted an out-of-court settlement back in 1996, and the diocese has paid 5000 apiece to more than 60 former residents in return for an agreement not to sue the church. Hush money. Like, you feel bad because their lawyers probably advise them, like, you might not be able to get anywhere with this. Yep. So they might just tell them, like, accept the money. Just take the money, yeah. It might be, like, their only option. But think about how many people that is. 
Like 60 yeah. separate people all claim that something happened And that's happened only to the ones that are opening up about it. Yep. Like how many people just repress that because it happened in their childhood and have never spoken about it. Yeah. And just like moved on. So this is just where it begins. Um, so, okay. I <laughs> In my notes, I literally have this bolded as, okay, so let's talk about the BuzzFeed article. Let's. So the article is titled, We Saw Nuns Kill Children, the Ghost of St. Joseph's Catholic Orphanage, Sorry, and was written by investigative journalist Christine Keneally. I even wrote that phonically. You even wrote the pronunciation. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I wanted to get it right because she put in so much effort. I'm not kidding. This Yes, Christine. This article was so long and so detailed, and she really went from, like, each person's account like she did such a great job um so the article starts out saying it was a late summer afternoon sally dale recalled when the boy was thrown through the four floor window what he kind of hit and she placed both hands palm down before her her right hand slapped down on the left rebounding up a little and then landed again would she threw a boy yep. out of a window yep Yep. What book of the Bible is this in? Yep. I would, that's so fucked up. What? Yep. And she goes on to say, for a moment, the room was still. Bounced? One of the many lawyers present asked. Well, I guess you could call it. It was a bounce, she replied. And then he laid still. Yeah. That, yeah. Because it was a fourth story. What the? Yep. Oh so Sally, who was speaking under oath, tried to explain it. She started again. The first thing I saw was just looking up, hearing the crash of the window and then him going down, but my eyes were still glued. She pointed up at where the broken window would have been, and then she pointed at her own face and drew circles around it. The habit thing, whatever it is, what they wear, stuck out like a sore thumb. So she saw a nun. Like physically throw a boy yep. out a fourth story window. Mm-hmm. So a nun was standing at the window, Sally said. She strained out her arms in front of her, but her hands were like this. There were only two people in the yard, she said, Sally herself and a nun who was escorting her in a tone that was still completely bewildered. She recalled asking, sister? The sister took hold of Sally's ear, turned her around and walked her back to the other side of the yard. The nun told her that she had a vivid imagination. We're going to have to do something about you, child. She grabbed her by the ear? Yep. Oh, my God. Yep. And so Sally's recount of that incident is just one of many of these. Like similar incidents? Yes. Like one of the former residents recalls seeing a boy drowned being pushed off of a boat. And then I just whenever they're like, why are the young people leaving the church? <laughs> Maybe this is why. Maybe. Oh, my God. Yep. And when the one guy was like, what happened to like the boy that drowned? The one nun was like, he went home. He won't be back. It's an orphanage. And <laughs> flying is- that like. Wait, so what did the, he went to heaven? Do they know where they um put the bodies? All right, so that's the thing. They haven't found later. any like. Oh, I wonder if they burned. Yeah. So this is all like kind of conspiracy because the there's no like there's physical. no hard evidence that it's not like mother and baby homes with the mass child exactly. grave. There's no yeah. mass child grave, so they can't like prove that Oof. anyone that died. But that's. Crazy. Even, like, in an orphanage that's lasted that long, you would think that there would have to be some account like, of, like, random deaths. Yeah. But they haven't kids, found it. It was, like, back in the olden days where, like, diseases were rampant. And, like, yeah. there are going to be, like, deaths of natural causes. That's insane. Yeah. I just, I, all of these stories about, like, kids that are so vulnerable because they're orphans and they're left in these awful situations and people just do whatever they want to them because they have no one to advocate for them and it's so terrible. Ugh. Yeah. Um and so basically this investive journalist um you know she was starting to like say like oh like 
maybe what the defense lawyers are saying are right about repressed memory memories. Maybe Sally doesn't remember like the boy like falling. So homegirl tracked down one of the nuns that like worked there and the nun remembers this incident. Yeah. So she remembers this day of like the boy falling. Oh my god. So it kind of like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah, she says that the kid like fell and she was trying to to grab him to save him. But yeah. Damn. So yeah, there's actual like another witness that like this did happen. But oh it's just gosh. how it happened. That's kind of argued. So yeah, um, Sally figured that the boy fell from the window in 1944 or so because she was moving to the big girls' dormitory that day. Girls usually moved when they were six, though residents of St. Joseph Orphanage in Burlington, Vermont, did not always have a clear sense of their age. Birthdays, like siblings, and even names being one of the many human attributes that were stripped away from them when they passed through its doors. So... They, like, held a reunion, and a lot of the people remembered each other by numbers and not by their names. That's fucked up. Can you imagine, like, not even knowing that you had a sibling that was in the same place as you? Can you imagine being known as a number and not by your own name? Yeah. Wow. Who else did that? Mm Mm-hmm. Connect the dots. That's so fucked up. So she recounted his fall in a deposition back on November 6, 1996, as part of a remarkable group of lawsuits that 28 former residents brought against the nuns, the diocese, and the social agency that oversaw the orphanage. By the time sexual abuse scandals had ripped through the Catholic Church, shattering the silence that had for so long protected its secrets, it was easier for accusers in general to come forward and easier for people to believe their stories, even if the stories sounded too awful to be true. Even if they had happened decades ago when the accusers were only children, even if the people they were accusing were pillars of the community. I wonder when like mandated reporting laws became a thing. That's a really good question. Like, when, when were they, like, okay, okay. Something like really bad would have had to have happened. Yeah. I, just, I don't know what the case was that, like, Yeah, broke like, it. when teachers and anyone who has to be around children professionally, like, when did mandating reporting laws I, don't, I re- honestly don't know. Yeah. It's a good question. Um, but for all these revelations, including the Pennsylvania Grand Jury report on how the church hid the crimes of hundreds of priests, a darker history the one to which Sally's story belongs remains all but unknown is the history of unrelenting physical and psychological abuse of captive children across thousands of miles across decades. The abuse took eerily similar forms. People who grew up in orphanages said that they were made to kneel or stand for hours, sometimes with their arms straight out, sometimes holding their boots or something else, some other item. They were forced to eat their own vomit. They were dangled upside down out windows over wells or in laundry chutes. Children were locked in cabinets and closets and attics, sometimes for days, sometimes so long that they were forgotten about. They were told their relatives didn't want them. They were permanently separated from their siblings. They were sexually abused. They were mutilated. Darkest of all in its history of children who entered orphanages but did not leave alive which goes back to the the boy who fell out the window. From former residents of America's Catholic orphanage system, stories about these deaths, that they were not natural or even accidents, but were instead the inevitable consequence of the nun's brutality. Sally herself described witnessing at least two incidents in which she said a child at St. Joseph's died or was outright murdered. And this is just her account. Like, there are, like, many other accounts of people that have seen the same things or different, just as horrifying things. So the former residents of St. Joseph's told of being subjected to tortures that were occasionally administered as special punishment, but were often just a matter of course. Their tales were strikingly similar. Each added weight and credibility to the others. So as more people came forward, the more people started to, like, actually listen to them of course yeah so former resident joseph barquin stated that 
in early 1950s when he was a young boy. He had spent a few years in an orphanage called St. Joseph's in Burlington, Vermont. It had been a dark and terrifying place run by an order of nuns called the Sisters of Providence. Barkwin recalled a girl who was thrown downstairs, and he remembered the thin lines of blood that trickled out of her nose and ears afterwards. He saw little boys shaken into uncomprehending shock, and he saw other children beaten over and over again. A nun at St. Joseph's had dragged Bartwin into an altar room under the stairs and forcefully fondled him, and then she cut him with something very sharp. He didn't know what it was. He just remembered there was blood everywhere. And this was discovered. He, like, got married, and his wife, like, questioned him about, like... They have a weird scar. Yeah, these, like, mutilization, like, marks, like, on his genitals. Oh, my God. Yeah. So she had, like, cut him with, like, something down there. Um, So Barkwin's assault had taken place decades ago, which would make it hard for his lawyer... Uh, Philip White to find cooperation and easy for the church to question Barquin's memory and as hard as it would still have been in that era to convince jurors that a priest could be a sexual predator mm-hmm. making the argument about a nun was going to be much harder because this was way before yeah. yeah exactly but this was way before it like it's corroboration hasn't that been what I've been saying? I'm not sure, but it just came to I me. think it like has cooperation. Corro- corroboration? Corroboration? We're saying the same thing, right? Say it. I think it's like when I say bagel. <laughs> bagel. <laughs> um, sorry, keep going. Um, so still the lawyer decided to take Bartwin's case, and he lodged a complaint in the U.S. District Court at Brattleboro, Vermont, on June 7, 1993, seeking damages for Bartwin's injury from physical, psychological, and sexual abuse that he had gone through at St. Joseph Orphanage 40 years before. So the defendants he named were the Burlington Diocese, the Vermont Catholic Charities, the Orphanage, and because Barkwin didn't know the name of the nun who abused him, they referred to her as Mother Jane Doe. I don't know if you have any relatives who, like, went to religious schools in their youth, but it's, like, a common thing where they, like, joke about how mean the nuns were. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, they would, like, hit their hands with rulers and, like, like, minor, I guess, compared to this. But still, like, they use, like, physical abuse as, like, a form of getting kids to comply all right, I'm going to tell a story. So this isn't my, like, story to, like, tell, but it's, like, really funny to me. So have you heard of Jack's, the story of, like, her, like, grandma and aunt's experience no. at... No. So they went to this, like, strict, like, Catholic school yeah. or whatever. And one day, this is back when, like, when, like, Kennedy was shot... The, oh, so that that the next day, the nuns came into the room and said, "Because of your disobedience, our president has been shot. The FBI is now coming and questioning you, and they fake fingerprinted them. They had each one like what? come up and like put their like what the fuck, like what are what, what is wrong, wrong with, with people? Who hurt you?" To make you so fucked up that you to feel make the need a, to do that to a children. bunch of little kids believe that they assassinated the president of the United States. <laughs> How miserable you do you have to be? When your parents were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, could you imagine? Like, if my kid came home and told me that, I'd be like, "Where? Do you, where am I sending you?" Like, I literally, I'd be I like, would "Question um, my what? choices." Isn't that the craziest yeah. thing? That's. Insane. Like, so my, the people I know that, like, grew up in that time, like, they were in the time where if you were left-handed, they would force you to write. Be right-handed, so was Or they would grandma. hit you yep. with a ruler if you didn't cooperate. And, I mean, my mom is right-handed, and she went to a Catholic school, but I think one of her siblings is left-handed. And um, some other people I know, and, like, yeah, they were forced to be right-handed. Yeah. yeah. It was just stupid. Like, what the, f- what? Yeah. That's. Yeah, nuns are, like, I don't know, like, from the stories that, like, we were told, they were always made to seem like these, like, 
mean old lady. I, I think it's, and like, I know some cool nuns. Yes. Um, and like back in our hometown, there's like a very cool order of nuns and they do like environmental justice projects and we they do a it. lot for like local refugees and they're very cool. But I feel like you hear about these orders of nuns. And I think it's just another like power complex thing where they didn't have power in the church overall, like priests, obviously. They had the show. And it's like the one spot where they had all the control was like these schools or these orphanages, like priests really weren't involved in that part. So it's like they were in charge. And I think it's just another like God complex situation. We always end up talking about God complex. Why is the Catholic church riddled with that? And other forms of Christianity, like obviously, but. That is true. It's a question. Okay, sorry, you keep going. I just uh, no, you're good. So the diocese was represented by Bill O'Brien. Boo, boo. Um, dumb, <laughs> dumb name. So he was a lawyer who worked for the church as his father before him. So they're just a family of family of church church people. Yep. <laughs> Um, O'Brien noted that according to Vermont's statute of limitations, adults who were abused as children have six years from the moment they realized they were damaged by the abuse to bring suit. Barquin had had 40 years to work out what had caused his injuries, O'Brien said, during which time relevant, relevant evidence or witnesses may have been lost. So he said basically, like, you didn't do it in time. Sorry. But, like, I mean... Uh- how many people are just like trying to move on with their lives and they're like, if I think about this too much, I'm just going to spiral. Right. Which is terrible. And oh, I hate this. Yeah. It doesn't get much better. Um, so White hoped he might hear from a few more former St. Joseph residents to kind of help like build the mm-hmm. case up. And he ended up hearing from 40. So pretty good for yep. how much time had passed. A lot more than he had expected. Yeah. And soon a support group called the Survivors of St. Joseph's Orphanage and Friends formed. Participants said it grew up to um, 80 members. So it doubled in size. This reminds me of like the first case when we were talking about Sister Catherine Sesnick and how they were like, well, if you can get more people to come forward and say the priests abused them, Mm -hmm. you'll have more of a case. And then people did and it still wasn't good enough. Yeah. Like, she got all these people to be like, yeah, like, here's the horrific things that happened to me by the same exact person. And they're like, oh. They're like, ooh, we didn't think that would happen. We didn't think you were actually going to do what we asked you to do. Because, like, I get that, like, repressed memories are a subject that is controversial. But, like, if that many people are having, quote-unquote, repressed memories, like, what are the odds? And they're all about the same person. Well, and especially in this case where there is at least, what, six workers that yeah like admitted that there was abuse going on so and they had physical marks to prove it yeah so it's just incredibly sad i can't believe that this isn't more of a wider known story i can't believe i had to like dig for this but um yeah again i've never heard of it and i like think i'm pretty up on the wrongdoings of the catholic church (laughs) (laughs) pretty informed so shout out to BuzzFeed for giving me this article. Um, so Sally's case, along with others, were dismissed due to statute of limitation. So the reason behind the dismissal was that the court ruled that her memories weren't repressed, that she had had the memories all along. Therefore, the statute of limitation had passed. So basically, it says that if you did have repressed memories and then you remember them, then it wouldn't count as the statue because you would still have those six years from you when just, you like, like chose not quote unquote chose. But the court is ruling that she had those memories all alone. She knew what happened. And so the time was out. I feel like there should be up. no statute on child abuse. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. Because I am but a humble fashion industry employee, but I think that there should be no, like wh- why is that a thing? I mean, maybe some States have made better, was but i feel i, I want to like say it, that they have now that you say that i want to say that a, a couple states like, i mean i don't think any statute should exist on st- sexual abuse but especially for children children right because it takes a, a lot of time for you don't them even to cope know with what the trauma and what happened like some kids don't even know that what they experienced is sexual abuse until they're adults and they're like wow that is not something that that's not should okay. happen to a child yeah, yeah. 
That's, mm. Yeah, our whole system needs some rebooting, some reform, but that's a whole different conversation. So, yeah, a few people did get settlements, but one person said the amount was so small that all she could do when she saw it was laugh. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely not happy about it. Um, the Diocese of Burlington, Vermont Catholic Charities, and the Sisters of Providence, the Order of Nuns who worked at St. Joseph's, all chose not to speak with the article writer about the allegations. No surprise there. Yeah. And at the end of um, the writer's reporting, Monsignor John McDermott of the Burlington Diocese provided a brief statement. Please know that the Diocese of Burlington treats allegations of child abuse seriously and procedures are in place for reporting the proper authorities. While it cannot alter the past, the diocese is doing everything it can to ensure children are protected. Hmm. Do, you, do you buy that? Uh, Tell me how you feel that's about that. stupid. Um, yeah, it's very much one of those statements where you're like, I'm not going to admit to it, but also I'm a priest, so I need to not look like I support child abuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, that was my effort in cramming a very, very, very long article into a measly seven pages and trying to get all the facts in there. I feel like there's still no resolution. That's No, there wasn't. I mean, the sad thing is, like, if you were in that situation, you would probably just end up taking settlement money because you don't really have a choice. Yeah. Because, like, what's going to happen legally? Nothing. Really, all you can do is take the money. And at this point, I'm assuming that a lot of the people that, you know, did these ads are dead. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Or like they were adults or old when this happened. Right. Oof. Burn in hell. Yeah. I don't even know if I believe in hell, but I feel like if you, especially if you abuse children. So yet another cover up. I feel like that's what makes me have the most doubts about religion. It's like even the people who are so like in it and who work within it, they commit these horrible atrocities. And I'm like, okay, if you feel like you can do that, but you study the Bible and you right. are, that's what makes me doubt the most. I think is that people literally work in the church and claim to have studied and believe in everything. Yet they still do these awful things. I just don't understand it. And to me, I'm like, you must not believe in this because if you did, you would never, you would never do this because you would be afraid of like where your soul would go after you die. Well, sometimes I'm, I'm very confused at, like, do they not read the New Testament? Like, do yeah. Like, do they not read any of like the things that Jesus stood for? Yeah. And, and like, like preached about? Like, yeah. I just don't understand. Because like personally, I would say I'm like agnostic, where I I don't like not believe in anything, but I really struggle to believe in any like organized religion that has mm-hmm. very specific rules. I feel like you should just be a good person, yep. and if being spiritual helps you to be a good person, that's great. And, like, I think that the New Testament is really great Mm -hmm. and everything Jesus did was. But I'm, like, unsure of where I stand on, like, solid beliefs. But, again, I think if you're someone who so, like, you embrace Christianity so much, yet you can't even follow the rules. Like, that that's what makes me doubt the most. Right. And nobody is perfect, but, like, there's a fine line between, like, oh, like, saying a cuss word every now and then and like yeah pushing a child out a window like like, i say fuck many times a day but i've never murdered anyone or have you are you sure (laughs) i haven't murdered a child no i haven't murdered (laughs) (laughs) we're good but (laughs) i don't know that's again that's like what i think has made me the most insecure about organized religion and, like, if people find, like, solace in organized religion and, and, again, it helps them to be a good person, I'm like, that is great. And I'm very happy for you. And I'm glad you have found good within this. But, like, so many people have found bad within So much religions. trauma. Yeah, yeah. And, like, like, excuses to do bad things yeah. to other people. And I'm like, that's what, like, I'm getting really person. philosophical with this. Just be a good person. I don't understand how hard it is. Yeah. Like, like treat other people well the way you want to be treated the, the golden, golden rule that was up on learn all it of all in school yes damn that's a really awful story and i'm yep. it makes me so sad that there's so many of these that are just so similar um and it's also interesting because i think people often like 
they don't think of women as being like sexual abusers. Right. Which like obviously they can be. Women can still be really shitty. Yep. Um and yeah. I feel like it would be harder to get a case against a woman for like sexually abusing you than it's not even easy to get one against a man, but I feel like with a woman it's harder. And it just shows you that how often crimes like this have happened that a story this big and that had this many it doesn't even people testifying has so many you see it and you're like oh another one yeah just yet another thing that you know the church has covered up or settled or paid money to hush people like it's just it's tiring at this point well in vermont like isn't super far from like boston massachusetts and boston i think was the first city to have a really big like priest sexual abuse scandal like we've said before like our hometown had one Mm -hmm. but i think boston was like the biggest one and it was the one that i think the movie spotlight is based on oh really it was like the biggest one that got revealed like look at all these priests that are sexual predators like i think they were one of the first cities to release a list or at least the first like big city um so it's just interesting that like this is also in new england right not too far from there so it's like you already know what the New England church diocese were doing because they had one of the biggest pre-sexual abuse scandals like in our country. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, that's my story. It's terrible. Very sad story. I was really looking for like more of like a spooky one, but I saw this it's pop up. Um, yeah, but like I didn't want it to be like, like I wanted to be more like lighthearted this time but we'll get there one day yeah when i saw this i was like i can't not like yeah we'll tell a spooky story one day one day one day we'll find the church down brick by brick (laughs) board by board (laughs) spongebob (laughs) when people asked why why our generation is like anti-capitalism anti it's just watch what we watch watch spongebob and he is yeah, he tears the establishment down. Board, board by, by board. board. Mr. Krabs is in there. Krusty Krabs is unfair. He said that in reverse. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, so the end. The end. Um, do you want me to tell my story first? You can. T- well, how good is the story? Because mine's not mine's that amazing. pretty good, to be honest. All right, then I'll I don't t- even, I think you'll remember it when I tell you, but I don't think you'll have thought of like what I'm about to say. All right, so I'll tell mine first, and so then we can end, end with a bang because okay. like mine's average. Okay, so my story is the time I cried because someone stole my home fries at lunch. <laughs> Wait, what year was? What grade were we in? We were. Definitely, like, seven, three. Too damn old. We were too (laughs) damn old for me to cry over. Our lunch was disgusting, but the occasional The potatoes. The potatoes were lit. Every potato was a win. I can't even. All right, so we had a system. Do you remember this? It was our lunch table, and we had a system. Madeline did not like potatoes. So we each called a separate potato to like have like her potatoes i'm I'm still very upset but this gets me heated so i always followed the rules we all followed the rules everyone got a certain potato everyone got a certain potato my potato were home fries Mm -hmm. brianne loves so i followed the rules and home fry day came and i came back and she who shall not be named (laughs) took Madeline's home fries and ate them. Uh, honestly, the audacity. On my day. Oh, those were your potatoes. They were my home fries. <laughs> like, yeah, so I was very upset, and I didn't speak to anyone for the rest of the lunch, and I kind of just sulked in Did my own cry real one serving of home yeah. fries. I always like the potato wedges. That were seasoned really well. That might have been your potato, if you remember. I don't know. Did I have? I think those you definitely have had potatoes. Potato. I think they might have been. Your potato. I think she who must not be named got the crinkle cut fries. That and I was the that wedges. sounds like her. I think. Sorry. <laughs> 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 Can't afford therapy. Um, who I mean, the, the hash browns were also very good. Probably like. Who else? We had very few. Friends. We say we had few friends, but also there were only like twelve girls in the class. Yeah, I know. So I think one of the 
either Aaron or Angela might have gone the home. Yeah, that sounds right. The hash browns. I don't know. Yeah. I also think I owe the twins like a house with the amount of like <laughs> dives I borrowed for them so I could get a pretzel rod at the end of <laughs> lunch so, like, My parents never gave me money for like ice cream or anything probably because I was not a skinny child and they were like <laughs> suffer um, so like people I would just like occasionally find like a dime or a nickel and I would buy like half a pretzel rod <laughs> yes if you had a five cents you got half a pretzel rod a dime yeah. you got a full pretzel rod and then the bait spenders who came in with oh, like a buck they got the rocket pop they got the, the push-up yes the Flintstones push yes yeah I remember um I won't get into my trauma with, <laughs> with food today. <laughs> Ooh, youth. Um, <laughs> turns out I had a disorder. It's fine. <laughs> it happens. It's for another day. Um, but yeah, that was... You're yeah. really passionate about... Like, I if you get Brian had... talking about, like, ranch dressing... Oof. The school ranch dressing <laughs> was actually very good. I used to Is it like, in like your top ten of all time ranking? If I like go I don't know if it's just because it's like a childhood memory, <laughs> so I think about it like fondly, more fondly yeah. than it actually if was. You had but, it like, today, it'd probably taste I would like just cool. like lick it like <laughs> it was good. I just remember we'd get like a salad and I say salad because it was like two pieces of romaine okay, lettuce. Come on, iceberg yeah. lettuce and it like, it was basically just a vehicle for ranch consumption. Yeah, 100%. Like, you would douse those two little pieces of lettuce. We got, like, two tomatoes and, like, one dab on a of good day. lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> on a good day, you'd get a tomato. Salad. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. That was great. Do you remember the apple crisps? Oh, wow. Another good day. There were very few good things. I like the ones where they were just running out of ideas. Like beef nachos. Beef nacho was the one best of the best day. things ever. But yes. that was literally just like, oh, all we got left for lunch this week is it's some beef. chips and some beef. <laughs> yeah, but people, you, it was the yeah. cheese sauce. The cheese sauce was so good. Remember, he had the line up in the separate line for the cheese, yeah. and it was like a mile I long. packed lunch a lot because, again, <laughs> disordered times. Um, <laughs> We laugh instead of crying here. Uh, laugh at trauma. We laugh so we won't cry. That's um, why we made this podcast. But I bought lunch on Beef Nacho Day. Yes. Yeah. Got that little token. Took a break from my bread bin. Stop. Should go to therapy. Um, but yeah, I always got lunch on Beef Nacho Day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I'm a vegetarian now, but like, would I break? my vows of vegetarianism for, for a, a beef single nacho? tray of like our school's beef nachos with cheese yes yes i would i feel that's fair yeah i would break my my vows for anyone coming vows. after her you don't know how good you those haven't beef tasted nachos those were. beef nachos they were other in a sea full of like bland well, i don't even know they only serve them once a month too yes beef nacho mm-hmm. day if you were the sucker that accidentally packed on that day, <laughs> I feel for you. You borrowed on that day if you had to. Oh, 100%. You threw your lunch and then you, because, yeah, if you didn't have the money for lunch, they'd like mark it down and mm-hmm. you'd get like a debt. <laughs> a de- <laughs> you would. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the little green tokens. Nothing like charging the shit out of children. Weren't there like just like separate tokens just if like you got milk or something? Yeah, there were milk tokens. They were white. So the the lunch tokens were green and the milk tokens were white. And I remember some people had really cool like token holders and I think my mom just gave me like an old pill bottle. (laughs) 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 So put your tokens in this. And I was like, but everyone has cool change purses. and I bought like a little mushroom that looked like the mushroom from Mario and that held my tokens and that was pretty cool. But before that, <laughs> I love my mom. <laughs> she's, she's great. Oh. Oh. 
Wow. Ooh, that was beautiful. <laughs> okay, Molly, your memory. Okay, so do you remember the school newspaper? <laughs> I swear on everything that's yes. holy. If you're about to yes. talk about what... Oh. Yeah, okay, so our school had a newspaper, but only kids that were, like, had good grades could do it. And I... I had good grades because if I didn't get good grades, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did have good grades. So I, I got asked, they called it enrichment. And it was basically just an extra project that you had to do on top of your normal schoolwork. So like, honestly, me now, if someone was like, hey, you're really smart. Do you want to join like this extra project team? I'd be like, no, no, <laughs> no I'm too fucking busy and I don't care. But at the time, my parents made me join every year when I got asked. They were like, no, it'll be good for, good for what? <laughs> good for your resume. <laughs> your resume. Um, so, like, the, when you were in, like, seventh and eighth grade, the project was a school newspaper. And Please. everyone was assigned different things. Please. And they assigned me. Say it. I was the school advice columnist. <laughs> this is the secret that when you told me this. You didn't even know. Because, well, we no. were. So, we, we were, like, anonymous. friends before, but we weren't, like, best friends until, like, In seven. eighth grade, yeah, though. We like, <laughs> but I think I told you, and you were, like, your world was shaken. Yeah, you didn't tell me until, like, late high school. No, I, I told like, you before. No, you 100% <laughs> did not. We were, like, randomly also, sitting one day, and you're like, hey, by the way, I was the advice columnist. I, well, and my name was Wanda, and it was, like, Wanda from Wanda's the Family Oddparents. <laughs> from the Family Oddparents. And it was Ask Wanda, and you could write in to Wanda... It's for advice. Spill the tea. What did people write in? Okay, like, know. honestly, I didn't get that many questions. Like, okay, one of them was like, how do I train my dog? And I was like, bitch, I don't know animals. <laughs> um, and then another one was like, this boy likes me. And I was like, oh, tea. I'm going to tell everyone. <laughs> um, no, it was like a fifth grader. So I didn't know them. But again, like, who was I to give advice? A 13-year-old or 12 or however old I was. Please tell me you have copies of this newspaper. I mean, maybe buried, like, under my bed. Wouldn't that be magical? I'm about to call <laughs> up your parents. And I remember this one girl, They she, like, joined, I don't know, I'll tell you who it is later, but they were like, oh, she doesn't have anything to do, you can help Molly. So I called her my intern. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is my intern. <laughs> Because I'm a, I was a douchebag, twelve year old. And Stop! <laughs> I'm so glad you made her your intern. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I was Wanda. The secrets out. If you went to the same school as us in those years that I can't remember, Molly was Wanda. Yeah, and they had like a little collection box that people could put in questions for me, and like nobody ever did it except like people under the age of 10. Oh, come on. What was the juiciest secret? I mean, probably that somebody liked somebody else. That was it. Do I remember to this day? Because no one in our grade wrote to it, obviously. Yeah, no. Um, (laughs) What what person in our grade? It was all, like, little kids. So it was like, I have a mom. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) I have a mom. (laughs) Mom, shut up about it. (laughs) (laughs) Let me, like, down this drink real quick. Oh, it might be two sips. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was the school advice columnist, which, so when I was in high school, I was on the school paper for one semester. It was actually a magazine. We did not have an advice column, but I was like, I have experience. Like, let me pull out my resume. Stop. Maybe we should start one. But yeah. Wow. Hi, I look at you differently now. Yeah, do you, do you need any advice on anything? Yeah, if you need advice... Um, write to her. Write to Wanda. www.wanda's Wanda, Ask Wanda.com. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, when we graduated in 2011, right? Yes. 2011. Oh, was there a website? I don't know. Newspapers. I don't know if things were that technologically... I don't think it was, but... Worth a shot, let's see here. Also, do you remember um, how in school we had, like, this mural of our school mascot painted on the wall, and it was, like, a crusader, because Catholic schools are always, like, knights, or, like, of slightly violent, and, like, it was actually a really cool painting, and then they were, like, you know what, we're gonna make our logo a fruit. (laughs) Oh, my God, I forgot about (laughs) that. And they painted over the really cool painting, they were, like, here's a big old fruit. (laughs) It was an apple, wasn't it? Yeah. See, you're unlocking memories. I forgot I even had. This podcast is really, you know, bringing out the trauma of 
our youth. Ooh, that, you know, one of these weeks we'll have to share a gym class story. Because Walking Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I was the school advice columnist. I and a generation you. of youths is changed because of what I wrote. What was your advice when she said that she liked someone? I think I gave that to my intern. Did you answer any advice? <laughs> Did you give out anyone's advice? Or? I think I gave the dog one to my intern. <laughs> so did, did I delegate all my work to my intern? But then I would like, I would be like, well, I'd ask her, I'd be like, what should I write? I don't own a dog or I don't like boys. So tell me what to write. And then I would translate basically into, you know, it was like, I was the writer, but she was like the idea. Machine. She was the ghost writer. Kind of, except I was like typey tappity. I was tip tap tip tip, tap tip I was typing and she was like this is what a dog does because I didn't have a dog and this is what boys are and I was like okay interesting Um, (laughs) tell me more still don't like (laughs) not a fan yeah and also they used the the logo like they used a picture of Wanda from the fairly odd parents so Nickelodeon if you're listening to this you should sue them sue the school that we did not name Future Brian and Molly are shook it. Uh, yeah, Molly has to edit this. Future Molly is shook it. Brian will sit next to me and get drunk while I edit. I do. I'm there for moral support. By the time I'm editing, like the last like 20 minutes, I am so gone. She doesn't even give a freak anymore. <laughs> I'm like, slander them. Say their name on the podcast. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> Oh my god. Wow. Um, but yeah, I think the only reason, so it was called Enrichment, like the program. I think the only real reason I did it was because it got out of class. But like, I liked, you know, like certain classes, like English. I don't want to miss English, but like math, yes, take me out of math. Take me out of the math. <laughs> oh, another thing. So I used to be an altar server, an altar boy, if you will. <laughs> And we would we would get like called out of class to work funerals because a lot of funerals actually happen on weekdays between like. Wouldn't you get paid like two nickels or something? Yeah, the like the the person's son or something who had died would be like, "Here you go, kids," and they'd give us like a five dollar bill. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, but yeah, I was like working that funeral circuit all throughout like grade school, and middle school, making that money seeing dead people i don't know pretty terrible reason to miss math but i really fucking hated math so it's a reason yeah you would have done it too <laughs> well i had the opportunity to do Wait, it and you weren't it, an altar i server. was not an altar server no. oh my gosh i remember when i went to high school they were like are you still gonna do it and i was like no no. And like my parents made me go to church every week and I remember if they didn't have an altar server they like the priest would bop over and be like, "Hey." And I'd be like, "Oh, I don't remember how to do anything. Sorry." Um <laughs> no, thank you. Also, isn't it like a thing if you sin, you're not allowed to like get communion? Take the host or something. I think I was sinning and like <laughs> Were you? I don't think I can stand on the altar, sir. You should have told him that and said <laughs> the confession in a while (laughs) i've probably been gone i think they made us go did they make us go before confirmation yeah they had to have yeah we had to go to that dumbass retreat okay but i don't think i got and this old woman was like you should get your your uh reconciliation before you get confirmed and i was like i'm good miss thanks (laughs) i didn't say miss i don't have manners um (laughs) I feel like we were like forced. Maybe I'm like thinking of high school instead. I don't know. I went to. Did your high school make you go to confession? Oh no, I never went. But we had like days so like yeah, so we had to like sit and like. Did they make you go to mass in high school? The gym. Yes. Yeah, we had to go mass once a week. No, it was like once a month. Okay, that's better. But I was in concert choir, so I was on the stage. Like, (laughs) honestly, like we were in the chorus all throughout, like until eighth grade and the like, only good part of school yeah like honestly being able to do that instead of like sitting out there looking all sad like yeah. at least music was fun <laughs> like, yeah shout um, out shout out to music class best class yeah well it was after we had like a really bad music teacher our first couple years and then like sixth grade onwards we had a good one yeah we had the best yeah that was fun 
Yeah. We always just like sneak out of class and just go to her room and just like. Yeah, she was like the only good teacher we had. There were a few, I guess, but. She was like the main one. Yeah, for sure. Yee. Yee. Yeah, yee. Yee. All right, well, that is. That's the that's, pod, man. That's the pod. Um, this episode was brought to you by. Nickelodeon, home fries, home fr- by the potato industry, yes, and, and the ranch. newspaper industry and the ranch industry. Um, maybe one week, Brienne will rank her favorite ranches of all time. Oh my gosh, I would love to do that. If we ever get to fifty listeners, Brienne will rank her favorite ranches of all time. Oh, if we get to thirty <laughs> listeners, we get to thirty listeners, Brienne will rank her favorite ranches of all time. So, if you would like to know. Get your friends. Get the friends' friends, your acquaintances, the guy named Dave Nettstore. One time, Brianna ordered takeout from her place with the best ranch, like her favorite ranch, and they forgot to add it. And when I, I tell you she cried, this was like a month ago. Like, when I tell you that she... <laughs> uh, it was not a good day. It was like the, the breaking point. Yeah. Well, been there. Well, thank you for coming. (laughs) Yes, please. Please, 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 please. We're going to make a TikTok this week. I swear. (laughs) I I doubt that, but we will try. We should. We should. But for the love of all that is holy, please like and rate us and leave a comment (laughs) on whatever platform that you watch us on. Do you remember how in grade school on pizza day you'd have to raise your hand and like the grumpy old man would come over and slice your pizza (laughs) and the good ones always sliced it in triangles and the bad ones sliced it into two rectangular pieces another memory that was just unlocked wow do you remember also when the pizza was changed it was really good, and then it got changed to like a weird ass sauce. It's in your head. No, it was changed <laughs> to a weird ass sauce, and it was. Brienne cared about anything. <laughs> <laughs> it was food. Still is food. Oh my god. Thank you. This is brought to you by the frozen pizza industry. <laughs> Italian duck. Oh my god. <laughs> Okay, I have, I have a thing about those two. So Italian dunkers were the true, like, we have run out of ideas of foods. Because it was literally a hot dog bread with cheese and, like, some garlic. And, like, okay, my mom really hates garlic. What? Yeah. She, the only Italian who despises garlic is my mother. That is the best. Oh, oh my. She, she hates, like, she likes, she's fine with, like, a little bit of garlic. But if there's too much garlic, she's like, ugh. Again, I'm like, okay, Italian my ass. Like, I don't know. But so <laughs> I I would like rarely order the Italian dunker because when my sister did, my mom would be like, you smell like garlic when she came home. Because <laughs> she despised garlic. And she would like, she was so like weird about it when my sister would get Italian. That, like when I was older, I was like, I'm not going to order that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I tried it once. And I was like, damn, that shit's good. Right. Because again, it was a hot dog bun with cheese and like garlic on it. Yeah. It was toasted. It was toasted. Again, truly no nutrients at all. No, no, none whatsoever. How did our bodies even no grow? No protein. For the first, I mean, cheese, I guess. Just like, gluten. Not a vegetable in sight. <laughs> No, oh, no, absolutely not. I just, how did our bodies even like develop? Okay. Well, I am four eight, so <laughs> I don't, I don't think my body did develop. <laughs> Her growth was stunted by Italian. <laughs> by Italian dunker. Wow, that's true. And I mean, my sister is less than five foot, and she went to the same school. She also had the Italian. Dunker. I mean, also both of my parents are below five four. <laughs> They're all stunted. (laughs) My dad's 5'5", probably. It's like my dad, then me, then my mom, then my sister. My sister listens to this podcast, so I feel like I can talk about her. She used to give me her, like, hand-me-down shoes. She She did, because you guys are the same foot size. Good times. Yeah. 
But yeah, stunted growth. Um, I also have a hormone disorder, so maybe that's why. Could be it too. Could be Unrelated. <laughs> You're it's like, the Italian doctor. Stop you never naming hit diseases. Above 4 and I have a hormone disorder. I, but I've shrunk. Like, what What does that say? Oh, yeah, weren't you 4'9? I was 4'9 and a half, and I have a Yeah, rip, I remember because we would talk about this. I had proof, and now I am 4'8. I shrunk an inch and a half. We had this one friend who was like 5'5, five, five, and she just thought she was the tallest girl in the world. She was the us. shirt. I was I was only five three, so <laughs> I still am. My height has not changed. Um, <laughs> but she just felt so damn tall around us, didn't she? <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> if you're still here, editing's gonna suck later. Oh, um, stop. If you're still listening, we love you. Please come again next week. Yeah. Like and rate us. Maybe we'll do a TikTok. <laughs> you imagine. Um, yeah. Bye forever. Bye forever.